When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. As always, thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, a lot going on in our world. Uh, let's start with illegal immigration. Yeah, so you've got you now even liberal mayors like Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, Eric Adams in New York City, most notably, uh, raising all sorts of hell about their involvement now and they're having to deal with this crisis at the border that is the fault of joe biden um and at the same time though you've got liberal lawmakers in dc saying hey let, i got an idea let's actually make it a whole heck of a lot worse uh because we like how things are going right now at the southern border so a bunch of liberal lawmakers did a press conference in favor of dumping title 42 the health order that allows for illegals to be expelled more quickly if they don't have a legitimate asylum claim, which the asylum process is a joke anyway. But <laughs> it's it's like less than three percent, right? But sometimes but, worse than that. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of like uh, I don't know, putting a, a band aid on a massive sword wound, but you know, it, it does something, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Cory Booker, uh, Democratic senator. <laughs> Here we go. One of Scott Robbins' favorite, I know. It's like bad dinner theater. He's been Well, it is bad dinner theater. Yeah. He's been silent for so long, too. He says that deporting illegals is just like the U.S. turning away Jews who were fleeing Nazi Germany oh, before World War II. Gosh. What? Yeah. And yes, we have dark chapters, chapters. Like when the St. Louis, during the Holocaust, sailed to our shores and was turned around where folks were sent back to those horrors and many died. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's not. you got a lot of young dudes who just want to work in the United States or want to bring drugs into the country or whatever. Yep. This is not the same as the Holocaust. No. Oh, my not. gosh, man. I mean, <laughs> an honest media calls out a clown like that for saying something like that. Legacy media won't do it. That's ridiculous. But I got to wonder, most people know when they hear even that clip. Isn't that one of the reasons so many people in America can't stand Congress? I keep waiting for him to say, and the second act of Hello, Dolly, will begin in 10 minutes. (laughs) 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 Oh, 
man. I'm surprised he didn't start speaking Spanish right. for yeah. those that are, you know. La situación ahora es inaceptable. Este presidente ha atacado. Yes. He's great. The ha atacado. From Cory Booker, one of the all-time classics. Oh, yeah. Atacado. Yes. Good stuff. And if you bring it up, he'll get tears of rage. Yeah. Tears of rage. Yes. Gosh, that guy. He's something, man. Mm-hmm. He's really something. Okay. So Cory Booker's out there doing bad dinner theater. And we also have some, well, actually a whole lot of stories about COVID, about the vaccine, about possible cover-ups. What do you got here, David? Yeah, so this is uh, this is one of those stories that I'm not really sure if it's the bombshell that people are trying to make it out to be. It's interesting, uh, but Project Veritas has uh, this new undercover video. They catfished oh. a guy named Jordan Tristan Walker, who supposedly is a higher-up with Pfizer, uh, talking about how Pfizer is looking at mutating the coronavirus. Listen to this. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can undoubtedly develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating viruses. Yeah. So okay. we're like, do we want to do this? So that's, like, one of the things we're considering. All right, time out for a second. Yeah. Why did you just take both of your hands, put them up in the air, and then wave them in front of you, Scott? I don't know, because. <laughs> Do you believe what this person's saying? No, Is he I, showing I, off? I think the, yeah, I think these guys get in situations, and they start to braggadocio what it is that's going on, or they talk about things that aren't true just to get to make them look like a big shot, or a, you know, the, the type of character in the know. Yes. I think we've seen that with Project Veritas before. Yeah. Here's the thing. A lot of those people were telling the truth. It's hard to tell. Is it just, yeah. is it really this person in power that, you know, has the inside information? Are they just trying to impress the person they're talking to? Because yeah. many times it's checked out to be true. I, think I don't I can, know. I think I can believe both at the same time until yeah, proven yes. otherwise, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so that, uh, that's what I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. I thought you were like freaking out there for a second. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't know the. The both hands going, come on. No, well, kind of, yes. But the audio goes on. Sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know, it's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like this. It's definitely not gain of function. Sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. (laughs) No, 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 no. No, directed evolution is very different. (laughs) Direct evolution? Directed evolution. Directed evolution, okay. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, you could say there's what mild flirting going on. Yeah, a little well, giggle, man. Some, yeah. some yeah. giggles. Yeah. You know, a few laughs spread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the most embarrassing part for this dude. Yeah, it is. Well, I think the, the thing that is surprising to me is that there are people surprised by this. You know, or it, let's say, just for the sake of argument, that this guy really is like deeply embedded in the know and there's this nefarious plot to juice up these viruses <laughs> we, right we already know that <laughs> like that's <laughs> yeah but most people don't don't yeah. know it know it you i know get what well, i'm saying well I, I yes and if you've listened to this show you know that we've talked about how many different universities are doing i guess what's the phrase directed evolution of these viruses in mm-hmm. order to try to like see where it could be going in nature and if you have a problem with that well i'm with you i think that's 
you know, we, we've already seen what, what came out of that lab in Wuhan, right? We've all been dealing with it for the last three years. But at the very least, man, it's no laughing matter. <laughs> but, Agree. Right. But I guess to me, I just I was kind of underwhelmed. I was expecting something more. And this is kind of like, well, yeah, we we know that people are doing this. They in a lot of cases, they openly talk about it. They put out press releases about it. Yeah, I get where you're where you're coming from, but you already know, man, for a lot of people, this is a bombshell yeah. because oh, yeah. you don't know all of the other things that are going on. And then there's another clip. Yeah, well, he talks about what the goal is. And again, I'm not surprised by this. This is what he says. Okay. You know, there's all these new strains of variants that just pop up. Why don't we try to like, catch them before they pop up in nature and we can develop a vaccine prophylactic of for like, new variants? That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. If it works. <laughs> what do you mean if it works? Because like, some of the times there are just mutations that pop up, right? And we're not prepared for it, like with Delta or Omicron right. and things like that. So... Who knows? I mean, either way, it's going to be a cash cow. COVID will probably be a cash cow for us for a while going for it. Like, yeah. I obviously like it. <laughs> a lot of... He is a giggler. Yeah. Yep. I want to know just how hammered that person was at yeah. the time. If they'll come out with a statement. Hey, listen. Okay. I apologize. I, I was too many drinks in. That's why the laughter was what it was. Yeah. You think so? <laughs> I think you're probably more troubled by that than the actual content I of what he said. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Not as good as the other one, but pretty good. No, oh, no, I don't think you're going to be. <laughs> well, this guy's in the audience watching a sitcom. <laughs> you know, it, it is the early 90s, and Kramer comes bursting through Jerry's door, and all you can hear is... <laughs> <laughs> That's where actually uh, Jerry just stops the filming and says, okay, could you leave? You're, you're getting a little distracting. <laughs> Who is that? I'm kidding. Okay. Man, there's a lot going on. Uh, let's get to uh, the Times reporter claiming Facebook will take down America. Yeah, Donald Trump's accounts on Facebook and Instagram are going to be reinstated, and uh, some liberals really can't handle it. Uh, Mari Gay from the New York Times thinks this could be the end of America. No, oh, no. Here we go. Uh, you don't want to, uh, whether you're a company or an institution, you don't want to hand over the keys um, to democracy to have someone destroy that democracy. Dude, so do you want to be that institution that uh, really helps take down the country? <laughs> she is so ridiculous. Just, Even other liberals are like... <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the same woman who thought that Michael Bloomberg could have given every person in America a million dollars instead of running for president. Yes, she has been the queen of bad takes. Yes. Everybody knows the keys of democracy are in the ignition of Joe's Corvette. That's true, yeah. <laughs> they just found it. <laughs> Giving Trump his social media back. I, I the know, keys to democracy. Right, this is the hyperbole. They just, they, they live in it, man. Everybody's going to die. Everybody's, you know, you're killing people. <laughs> We've had, we've had the Twitter files come out that's proven to people, okay, we had the government suppressing free speech. Mm. All right? No problem there. But giving orange man bad back his social media? Yeah. Oh, the keys to democracy have been thrown over the bridge and into the river. What a joke you are. Yeah, you should be embarrassed. Yep. Okay. Is that the only clip from yeah, her? Yeah, yeah. All right. It's the only one you need. You can't top that one. Just to make sure if there was yeah. something that was going to top that, I, I certainly wanted to know. Something else going on. Okay, so we're sending tanks to Ukraine. You know that. The best tanks. 
futuristic tanks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as far as Russia's concerned, we're directly involved. Germany's directly involved. What does this mean? Break it down with foreign affairs expert David Van Camp. <laughs> Next, right here. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, so we're getting closer to the doomsday clock. Mm-hmm. With war in Ukraine, yes. Russia. Mm-hmm. We got tanks going over. Yep. That's an escalation. Uh, just a little bit, yeah. And so uh, Russia has, uh, through its state media, put out a statement saying that uh, they see direct involvement from the West in Russia's war on Ukraine. After the U.S. and Germany decided to uh, send battle tanks to Kiev, or Kiev, or however we're pronouncing it this week. Um, Now, they said there there have been repeated statements from the European capitals and from Washington that the sending of various weapon systems, including tanks, to Ukraine by no means signifies the involvement of these countries or the NATO alliance in the hostilities in Ukraine. We strongly disagree with this, said uh, the spokesperson for Russia, uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin. You know, I go back to what you said very early on in this, David. With all the propaganda from both sides, you don't know what to believe. Mm -hmm. You really don't. And have we played this the right way from the get-go? It's really hard to know. Sometimes you step back and you're trying to follow the money. What what are we getting out of this as a country? And I think that's a fair question. Sometimes if you're around people that have already got their minds set that, you know, Russia wants to take over the world. And if we don't do this now and we don't partner with Ukraine, it's going to be the end of days. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people in the country that don't believe that and really wonder, okay, why? Why are we getting ourselves into something else? And, you know, we can pretend to be experts, but in the end, it's basically by opinion, isn't it, of what the best strategy is. But I don't know too many people excited about this. This latest move. No. I what I don't understand because I I, I don't I don't know. Personally, I don't really know why this is this big escalation as opposed to, I don't know, anti-tank missile systems and whatnot that we've sent Ukraine already. Like, I I just I I, I feel like, you know, you got the Kremlin who's just saying, okay, we're going to use this as a way of saying that it's an escalation. But I. I don't know that it really is. All Russia has to do is say, well, it is. Right. Well, I, and if I, it is, we're going to do this. And I, so then they unload on Kiev. Right. I, and, you know, I, I get all of that. But, you know, for to me, it's kind of like I, I just want to know where all the money and resources are really going. And I think me that too. that's not a bad thing to ask. And maybe now that, what, about a dozen or so top officials in Ukraine have resigned because of corruption, bribery. Yeah. Uh, yeah. skimming from the coffers and whatnot, embezzlement. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe we should actually keep track of where things are going. How corrupt do you have to be to be forced to resign in the Ukraine? Because During a war. During a war. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, come on, man. And then John Kirby gets out in front of everybody yesterday, and the question is, uh, so as far as the money the United States has sent to Ukraine, 
and all the weapons. No corruption with these people involved in what we've sent? No. And you know that how? <laughs> you know that how? Right. You don't know that. No. No, you really don't. So keeping an eye on that, um, much smaller scale. There's been so many teachers in the news for, well, so often, not good things. You know, libs of TikTok have outed so many teachers that you would never want teaching your kid. Mm-hmm. And then I happen to see this news story at Fox. Florida teacher resigns after sheriff reveals explicit video chats with her inmate boyfriend during the school day. What? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, we got it. Diamond Dave there. Donna Barber, she's 52. Yeah. She's got a boyfriend that's an inmate. And since COVID especially, instead of like face-to-face visits, you could do some video visits. But the jail say, hey, same rules, though. Okay? No indecent exposure. Stuff like that. Um, well, there was definitely indecent exposure. Jeez. And some of the time during, again, school hours. So she was likely going to be terminated from her job in the Franklin County School District, so instead decided to step down this week. She was also close to retirement because mm. she's worked as a teacher for nearly 30 years. But mm-hmm. well, the sheriff there assigned a staffer to monitor the video chats of the inmates at the local prison. I'm guessing that job's not boring. <laughs> no, probably not. Well, what was Prince Charming in jail for? <laughs> Uh, Did they give it, any kind I, of indication as to I, why he was there? I don't think it does say. Oh, you know, it, her boyfriend, who's in prison, full stop. I, I don't need to know anything else. Okay. The, the choices you're making are obviously not very good. Okay, but let's say for whatever reason, Scott, you got thrown in jail for a while. The county jail. Yeah, let's say for... And you're on a video chat with your girlfriend. Yeah. Are you going to encourage her to, hey, it's been a while, huh? How about just a little peeksy? <laughs> Are you going to do that? God, I don't know. I bet you would. <laughs> Can you lift the robe for me, please? Turn around. Well, it's funny that you you actually said that um, because in the story it actually has the word disrobed. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I guess there's always OnlyFans. Speaking of which, totally different story. I don't yeah. know if you saw this. I did see this. You did see yeah, this? Uh-huh. The preschool teacher? Yeah. Also on OnlyFans, would give content during school day. Oh, gosh. Like going into the restroom or the ladies' room or whatever and starts taking clothes off. Separating her from the competition. Yeah, I am just wondering, how does that not wind you uh, or land you on the sex offenders list? Oh, as long as she was going back out and talking pronouns and (laughs) non-binary? If she was applauded, probably given an award. I'm saying it's like... Yeah, you take a leak in a public park. Sex offender. Uh, perform on your OnlyFans page at a school inside a school while yeah. kids are in the building. Eh, yeah, just dismissed. Yeah, it's no big deal. No, thankfully, no one came in the room. I think we don't know. Gosh, dang. Okay, speaking of teachers, remember that story? The kid, the six-year-old with the gun, shot the teacher. There's more that's come out about this. It's unbelievable. That and much more coming up.
right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Looks like we have an update on this terrible story of this six-year-old kid shooting his teacher. Yeah, and every part of this story is just infuriating. Uh, learning more about that shooting at an elementary school in Newport News, Virginia, where a six-year-old shot his teacher, and apparently she and other staff members warned administrators and school officials that the kid had a gun. Four different times they were warned. They didn't do anything. So, and that's the amazing thing. Four times. Nothing done. Yeah. Abigail Zwerner is the teacher. She's planning to file a lawsuit, and I hope she gets every penny she's entitled to here. Uh, she first went to admin- an administrator around 11.15 on the day of the shooting and said the boy had threatened to beat up another child. No action was taken. About an hour later, another teacher went to an administrator and said, hey, uh, I looked in the boy's book bag, but uh, I thought I saw the boy put a gun in there and then take it out and put it in his pocket. The administrator downplayed the report from the teacher and the possibility of a gun, saying, well, he has little pockets. That was one that didn't age very well. No, it sure didn't. Shortly after 1 p.m., another teacher told an administrator that a different student was crying and tear and fearful because the boy had showed him the gun during recess. I guess he took it out of his little pockets, didn't he? And threatened <laughs> to shoot him if he told anyone. Uh, again, no action was taken. Then another employee had heard the boy might have had a gun, asked an administrator to search the boy, but he was told, ah, wait for the situation to... Wait, wait, wait this out because the uh, school day is almost over. And then about an hour later, Abby's Wormer was shot. Now, the, the principal of the school has resigned. The school board fired the superintendent last night, um, although it's without cause because I guess they didn't, they couldn't prove anything or whatever, but they, uh, they just, but the cops have already said, yeah, there, we have indications that different people were notified that this child may have had a gun at the school, a six-year-old with a gun at the school, and no one took it all that seriously. And then you, you wonder why. And the first thing that comes to my mind, I know I'm not alone in this. If the, I mean, the child is a six-year-old black kid. No one wanted to wind up on the evening news searching a, a black kid if they didn't think he had a gun. Yeah. They were like, well, we don't, we don't want to make the news and say, oh, this is systemic racism or whatever. Because, oh, why'd you single out the six-year-old, the black kid? You know, right. that's, what, that's what it seems like to me. Well, you know, real quick on that note, because there's other parts to this, but on that note, this was making the rounds. There is some guy named Bishop Talbert Swan, and his account is pretty racist. All right? Mm -hmm. And he had tweeted, and you talk about one that doesn't age very well, Early on, a six-year-old white boy in Virginia packs his mother's 9mm Taurus pistol in his backpack, goes to school, and intentionally shoots his teacher. If he were black, there would be demands for his parents to be arrested in various conversations about neglect and bad parenting. Um, there were already conversations about neglect and bad parenting because a lot of people in this country don't care if it's a black kid or a white kid. No. The question was, how the bleep did that kid at six years old, get a gun from home. Mm-hmm. Who are the parents? <clears throat> Who's in charge? Yeah, the mom had bought the gun, and apparently it was on a high shelf, about six feet high. Because, you know, kids can't climb. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and when the family released the statement, do you remember what it said? Uh, yeah, the 
our son accessed uh, the firearm, but it was secured. Well, the fact that the six-year-old was able to access it means it wasn't secured. Right, it wasn't secured, and yeah, to me, I mean, I, I think again, I'm not an, I don't, I don't uh, know all the gun laws in Virginia, but to me, it's like a no-brainer. If your kid, unless your kid, you can prove they broke into your safe or something, right? If your kid takes your gun and does something with it, to me, common sense, you're liable for it. That's a responsibility that you take on when you bring a gun into the house. Yeah. You support your right to do it, but you also have to be responsible with it. Yes, totally agree. And if you remember the other part, where in that statement from the family of the six-year-old, it said that the boy suffered from an acute disability and was under a care plan at the school that included his mother or father attending school with him mm-hmm. and accompanying him to class every day. And it said, additionally, our son has benefited from an extensive community of care that also includes his grandparents working alongside us and other caregivers to ensure his needs and accommodations are met. The week of the shooting was the first week where we were not in class with him. We will regret our absence for the rest of our lives, you know, on that day. There were other issues with that kid threatening other students. And you wonder why it was that school administrators were so fearful not to take action to say, listen, this isn't a safe situation for these other kids. Yeah. Because it had already been proven. And then you wonder, well, was it out of fear that the woke mob would come from for them? Maybe. Don't know. I think it's a decent guess. Or that they didn't want to be criticized by other people. Your number one job is to protect the kids. Yeah. Goodness gracious, man. And I know in the woke culture... They're at the point where you want to see color. And if you are trying to say, I try not to see color and treat everyone the same, they'll call you racist. Yeah. We all got to fight against that because that's absolute friggin' nonsense. Yeah, that's that's very maddening. Mm. And then, you know, people from the other side trying to say, well, you know, this white boy, you know, if this were a black kid, just imagine. Oh, it was. Yeah. Now. Take a step back, because I haven't heard anyone say this yet. Let's imagine it was the white boy and a black teacher. Then where would this story be? Holy mackerel. He'd be talking about guns. He was probably bred to be a little racist. I mean, you can just imagine where that would go with national media. Because they're dishonest and horrible. And I guess we shouldn't be surprised. Top of the refrigerator. Over oh, the gun? Yeah. Yeah, you could never get to that. You could never climb up the counter. No. Or the top of a closet. Could yeah. never get it. They said yeah. they had a trigger lock on it, too, which I'm guessing if they got it from a big box store, it's probably mm-hmm. one of those cheap plastic trigger locks that you can just kind of undo with your fingers if it's not yeah. tightly done. Secured. Secured. That's totally secured. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No problem. Okay. All right. Got to move on. Other stuff out there as we peruse through news. Throughout the morning and the night before, we're seeing different stories. It might not be the biggest of the day, but it caught your attention. Today, David, what's your story? Uh, Adam Schiff, Democrat representative uh, who was one of the top Russia truthers during the Trump administration, actively lied and used his position as chairman of the House Intelligence Committee to uh, go forward with a disinformation campaign about a duly elected president of the United States. He's running for Senate now in California. 
So you've got Diane Feinstein, who's like 800 years old and has dementia. And apparently she hasn't even said that she's not running. No. But you've, but you've got all of these Democrats jumping in now to try to take that seat. And uh, he is now the latest one. Well, <laughs> from the reports we've heard it, now you don't want to get mean. I mean, the dementia that she is suffering from, Diane? Yeah. It's bad. Oh, yeah. That's that's not a drive-by shot at anybody who's just of advanced age. I mean, she is, the reports are, she's lost. Yes. And I mean, okay, how do I do this that doesn't sound like I'm trying to make a joke out of it? You know, as some people would say, hey, she's still sitting there. She hasn't even said if she's going to run or not. Well, I mean, does it matter? No. No. I mean, she's got to be told, right? Oh, I know, but run. they know that's a secure seat. I mean, yeah, they'll weekend at Bernie, sir, if they have to. What does that mean? Just have her vote. Just have a hand go up. I thought you meant like she'd be carrying around if she was dead. Well, maybe setting her there. I don't know. I mean, I just know that they keep reelecting her, and there's no damn good reason to. I know. It's crazy. Right? Yeah. All right, Scott. What's your story today? Uh, this comes from Representative Maria Glusenkamp Perez from Washington. Over Roe v. Wade, she tweets this out. Three years ago, I miscarried in the second trimester of a pregnancy. It's a painful memory, but something many women have experienced. I traveled hours to the nearest clinic, and I encountered anti-choice protesters. Thankfully, I got the care I needed that day. Now, first of all, there's red flags going off everywhere now. Because she lives where her town is in Washington. is about 23 miles from Portland, and you've got to pass 15 women's clinics and at least several hospitals on your way to the hour away. So people are calling BS on this one, saying this isn't true, this is more hyperbole from these people, because you can go to any hospital at any time and they will treat a miscarriage. Hmm. Well, I, I guess we shouldn't be surprised No. by that. You could you stop lying. You could have gone to a hospital. Yes, totally agree. Went to a women's clinic an hour away. Okay. Uh, my story today is one that, well, we sort of know before, but there's a book to sell now. Uh, Dr. Deborah Burks, we remember from COVID. Oh, boy. You're rolling your eyes, Scott. I've read this story. Hey, you were on Team Burks, to be fair. Yeah, I was mesmerized by the scarves. <laughs> <laughs> you did. I At know. the time, as a single hombre, you said, I'd, I'd take her to dinner. Well, she was an attractive, age-appropriate woman, yes. Okay. She was also a liar, uh, as we know. That too. And it's just so disappointing to so many of us that, you know, as we said before, during the early stages of COVID and trying to figure out what was going on, you felt like the person that has no idea how your car operates and it's not running right and you take it in and you're at the mercy of the mechanic and they can jab you any way they want and you won't know any better. And that's what it feels like happened to all of us. Right, she was selling Johnson rods. Excuse me? <laughs> isn't, that the, hey man, isn't that the joke? What you do <laughs> on your own time, yes, behind closed doors, it's fine. Johnson rods and Dr. Yeah, Burks whatever. or whatever, that's okay. All that's right. up to you. Just keep okay. it behind closed doors, okay? Yeah. I'll tell you what you need, lady. <laughs> oh, boy. So she has this book coming out. Mm-hmm. About, you know, what they knew, when they knew it, you know, the whole thing. But this part 
And it really did get lost on the American people. And this was from this past summer when she actually said, I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. And I think we overplayed the vaccines and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. It will. But let's. Okay. You think you overplayed your hand. This part, and I know we know this. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. And I. My goodness, you knew that. That's not what you told us. How many people lost their jobs? Yep. Because it was mandatory. And why was it mandatory? What were we being told? To stop the spread. But yeah. you knew it wouldn't. All of you right. knew it wouldn't. Remember Biden said it was a pandemic of the unvaccinated? Oh, yeah. Yes. That was his line. But she knew early on. Dang. So they knew they didn't care. And so for, well, some of us that were saying, you know, this is more about power. And you're called a kook, a right-wing freak. Blood on your hands. And you're just like, no, man, I just want to know what the truth is. You just want to know what is real and what isn't. That's it. It's just another example. We can't trust these people. It was, FDA, CDC, it was FBI, CIA, it goes on. You can't trust them. Get back to your normal life. Get back to your life you had before. All you got to do is get this vaccine. That's it. You're right. bulletproof then. You're good. How many kids lost their education for two years? Dude, you can ramp yourself up to get angry in a hurry. Drug addiction, alcoholism. I mean, it goes on and on. Yes, there's no doubt about it. And so now, and David, you had this story a little earlier this hour um, from Project Veritas, you know, talking about where Pfizer is now. And, you know, basically they're going to make money for years and years and years oh, yeah. because they're already trying to figure out what variants could come down. And so they're trying to actually invent new variants so they can get ahead of it. Yeah. Which is like, if you never would have done gain of function to begin with, we wouldn't be in this mess. Right. And part of that guy talking about it in his goofy laugh, <laughs> it's just maddening. I don't know. I think that laugh is pretty funny. Well, the laugh is funny, yes. The part of what we've been lied to about is not funny. <laughs> but they're laughing at us. <laughs> you can tell. Didn't he have another goofy laugh, too, in that piece? Oh, yeah. The... Loser. The second one's my new ringtone, though. Yeah. Oh, Dave Chappelle has a message for trans... <laughs> the, the trans mob next. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Remember that unspoken rule in comedy? Chappelle told us about it one time. The rule is that no matter what you do in your artistic expression, you are never, ever allowed to upset the alphabet people. Right. I think he's done it again. Those people that took 20% of the alphabet for themselves. <laughs> That's <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So he has a podcast now. It's called Midnight Miracle. Um, and if you remember, after a couple of his specials on Netflix, when, you know, got, well, he got targeted by the Alphabet Mafia uh, because he had made some jokes that uh, uh, offended some trans people. Oh, no. 
Um, and they didn't feel safe. And they said, if yeah. you don't take it off Netflix, we're going to quit. Yes. Uh, well, remember, he had a show canceled in Minneapolis. Or is that one particular venue said, well, we want to create a safe space for everybody, yada, yada, yada. So they moved it to a different venue. Well, there were protesters there. Yeah. Uh, and along with his fans waiting to go see him do his comedy routine. Uh, and as he tells the story, hey, my, my fans were peaceful. The protesters were violent. Because the trans people and their surrogates always saying my jokes are somehow going to be the root cause of some impending violence that they feel like is inevitable for my jokes. But I got to tell you, as abrasive as they were, the way they were protesting, throwing eggs at people, throwing barricades, cussing, screaming, none of my fans beat them up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, part of that statement was he knows a lot of people for doing that to them. They would have beat him up. Right. <laughs> Very easily. The word yeah. we can't say. I, I just, I, I really don't know why so many liberals have such a problem with an outspoken black Muslim comedian. I don't either. Pretty Islamic. Man. I mean, he's one of the most famous Muslims in America. Yeah. And they just hate him. Very Islamophobic, yeah. honestly. Yeah, so much for coexist. So much for inclusivity. That's right. <laughs> well, they're a fraud, and we all know it. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, the border crisis is going, well, over two years now. Well, it's not open. The border's not open. It's as close to open as you can get without it it not being open. And it's fell on deaf ears for a long time. Mm -hmm. Until the last few months, when all of a sudden, people here illegally started getting shipped up to New York. Isn't this the most interesting, fascinating turn of events? I mean, holy smokes. I mean, honestly, that's, that's Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, for the win there. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Along with uh, former Arizona Governor Doug Ducey. Yep. Doing a great job there. All right. And then uh, DeSantis with the Martha's Vineyard thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, now the mayor of New York City, you know, he traveled to El Paso a couple weeks ago. He's or last week, I guess. Uh, and he uh, has been raising all sorts of hell uh, trying to get somebody to pay attention to this because now our social services are being strained. Really? Wow. Because that was supposedly xenophobic just, like, not that long ago. If you were to say, hey, all these people showing up, we don't have room. We don't have a way of taking care of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, How is this exactly supposed to work? So now he's at least uh, on the bandwagon of saying, hey, we got to do something about this. Um, On MSNBC, he actually said New York City just doesn't have the resources to deal with this. Roll it. This is just unfair for cities to uh, carry the weight of a national problem. This is a major financial impact on New York City and cities across this country that are receiving a brunt of it. You know, we're always talking about finding some common ground. Yeah. People from both sides of the aisle. 
I think we got it there. You finally turned yourself around, Mayor, yeah. now that it's happened to you. Because before, you were Mr. Creed with arms wide open. Yes. That's the way we should treat all people coming here illegally. But now Scott Stapp turns around and says, hold on, we can't take any more. Arms are closing up. Let's close the border. Yeah. <laughs> got that right. Yeah. It is kind of amazing, though, because he lists the cities, uh, major cities that were affected. New York City, obviously, Houston, uh, a few other cities he threw in the mix there. But, I, I mean, seriously, there have been people in South Texas and along the Arizona border with resources far uh, well, they they don't have nearly the amount of resources that New York City has, who have been screaming about this for a couple of years, and it, it's it's kind of like, well, welcome to our world. What do you expect? I mean, Laredo, Texas, doesn't have the resources of New York City. Uh, Del Rio certainly doesn't. I, I mean, what are you supposed to what are you supposed to do? Well, and the other thing, man. So, at least I can say we got some common ground there, Mayor. One of the things that they've done. That, in my eyes, makes it worse. You know how we're going to put these people here illegally? In hotels? Right. It's party time. No kidding. Well, they treat them like their own house. You know, they make sure it was No, tidy. they don't. Of course they don't. Of course they don't. You saw the photos? No. It's the old adage, you don't wash your rented car. Nope. <laughs> oh. So you're I mean, still going well, about it the wrong way, but at least you can say, hey, this isn't fair. we got to do something about this. You know, they're not even using the rooms for sex. They're doing it in the stairwells. But, yeah, well, passion takes over sometimes. Gosh, dang. <laughs> we finally figured out what stairway to heaven meant. <laughs> it's called stairwell now. Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, talking about the towns, you know, throughout the South that have been overrun. Man. You have a story, David. This is crazy. It, it is a heartbreaking story. Uh, and we'll start it off like this. As we talked about, last fiscal year, more than 800 people died trying to get into the United States at the border. That's the official count. Now, in terms of the overall death toll going up through Central America, up through Mexico, it is definitely way higher than that. But that's what the official Border Patrol numbers were. I think it was 853 is what they officially counted at the border. Uh, now, the Texas Tribune has this story out, uh, talking about how border counties have been so overwhelmed, there are essentially mass unmarked graves. Uh, a team of Texas State University students are now exhuming the bodies to try to figure out who they were so they can notify the families of the deceased. Uh, so under state law, uh, Justice of the Peace should have ordered DNA samples to be collected, but because they were so overwhelmed, this wasn't being done in some cases. Like some of the examples that are laid out, Webb County, which runs uh, the, the basically the coroner's office for, for several surrounding counties. They're mm -hmm. the ones who do the processing of bodies that come in. Um, they ran out of space to store bodies, so they enlisted the help of funeral homes. Well, those funeral homes ran out of space. So they started burying bodies because what are we supposed to do? And there are some who are critical. How could you do this? It's inhumane. Why would you do this just because they're immigrants or whatever? No, it's well, a practical thing. What are they thing. supposed to do? We don't have the resources to do it. Uh, in Maverick County, sheriff's deputies or Border Patrol agents typically report finding one body to five bodies a year. Last summer, that county alone found 30 bodies a month on average. That's okay. astounding. Wow. And that and is. the thing is, you talk about resources, and I know you hate to all, always just go down to dollars and cents, but 
uh, they don't have the money to handle this too for the discover from the discovery of a body to burial, including whatever they need to do to track down the loved ones or family members of the people who they find. Counties spend an average of thirteen thousand dollars per case. They don't have yeah, the money to forget, do this. You forget what the cost is too. Wow. <laughs> and they were averaging thirty a month. Thirty in one county, in Maverick County alone. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, I'm doing the math on that because I'm a little slow with the math. That's a whole lot of money, not to mention the fact that that's not covered anywhere in legacy media talking about the immigration problem. Because if most people in America knew this was happening, they would be demanding something to be done, I would think. Yeah. Well, well they talk, you know, they talk about gun control with AR-15s and whatnot all the time. The death toll at the border is double what rifle-related deaths are. Not to mention the fentanyl that comes through. Right. And is killing over 100,000 Americans a year. Yeah, it's absolute madness. But Legacy Media wants to pay attention to other stories, like Oscars so white. You know, the Oscars, remember that back in 2016? Hashtag Oscars so So white. white. Yeah. Well, the Oscars have tried to do something about that. Maybe you've recognized that if you've paid attention at all in the last few years. I haven't. I just see the stories. Um, but yeah, after all of that went down in 2016, the Academy announced new incentives and initiatives to promote diversity in their nominations. So then in 2020, the Academy announced a new series of inclusion requirements to encourage equitable representation on and off screen. So to qualify for a nomination, productions must submit a confidential Academy inclusion standards form. I don't know if you knew that or not. I don't even know what that, what does that mean? (laughs) Well, it promotes standards such as at least one of the lead actors or significant supporting actors being from a marginalized group. And at least two creative leadership positions and department heads are being filled by an underrepresented minority. So these forms were introduced for the 2022 and 2023 award seasons. Okay. For the nomination, that will start next year at the Academy Awards. Although, in their minds, they've made great gains for inclusivity. It's not been enough. They want more. And that's probably good because, you know the movie Till? Yes. They came out? On, um, on the life of Emmett Till. Yes, about the and story Mamie Till Bradley, her search for justice. Right. Okay. Because of her son, Emmett. The director, Shinanye... I'm sorry if I'm butchering the name because I'm not doing it on purpose. David Help, C-H-I-N-O-N-Y-E. Sure. I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure. <laughs> Let's go with Shinanye. Go with it. Chuck Wu. Don't laugh, Robbins. You want to do it? C-H-U-K-W-U. Chuck Wu? <laughs> yes, I think. She has accused the Oscars, as well as the entertainment industry, of being aggressively committed to upholding whiteness because she failed to earn a Best Director nomination. Yeah. Said, we live in a world and work in industries that are so aggressively committed to upholding whiteness and perpetuating an unabashed misogyny towards black women. And yet, 
I am forever in gratitude for the greatest lesson of my life. Regardless of any challenges or obstacles, I will always have the power to cultivate my own joy. And it is this joy that will continue to be one of my greatest forms of resistance. (laughs) Sounds joyful. Yeah. (laughs) I am very happy, for the record. Wow. Did you see Corrine Jean-Pierre get the press secretary's job and I'm not getting an Oscar? <laughs> Where's the equity? Yeah, well. I think it's, it is kind of remarkable that you can be involved with a movie about a, a teenager who was lynched and then still think you're a victim. Yes. That's Fascinating. Point, David. Fascinating to me. Yes, it is. Um, saw another story. You know, <laughs> the unemployment is very interesting right now. You, you have a lot of companies looking for people, mm-hmm. but a lot of people have just dropped out of the workforce. And then you see in the tech industry, some layoffs have been happening, so it's hard to get a handle on it. But there are still a lot of jobs that, you know, companies can't find workers for. And so if you're wanting, you know, some sort of gig, you can have your pick of a lot of different jobs, right? Well, in this piece, it talked about how to jerk-proof a job search. It's from the Wall Street Journal. Well, I mean, step one... Don't hire Jeffrey Tubman. Okay. Good advice as yeah. always. Yes. Mm-hmm. But if you're, you know, somebody that's going to go interview, how do you know the boss you're going to work for is not a jerk mm-hmm. and you'll regret taking the job? What can you do ahead of time to avoid that situation? Because, you know, they've given some examples. This woman named Elise wishes she would have been more versed in the art of interviewing the interviewer. Because she ended up working for her, it says, a dude that uh, frequently belittled her, yelled at her, and then found out from several people that had worked there that had the job before her, said, hey, you, la- you lasted longer than most in that job. Yeah, it's unbearable. Mm-hmm. But how would you go and find that out? Well, it's trying to make some sort of connections with people that already worked, worked there. there. Yeah. But this was also interesting to me. said, when you are interviewing, ask the potential boss these questions. Um, you know, like, uh, what are the essential skills for this role? What's expected? When do you want emails returned? All these different things. How will you? How will I know if I'm doing a good job? And if you hear the answers, well, we'll know it when we see it. Mm. Or, well, we're just looking for a good culture fit. Or the person says, well, it'll be my gut instinct. It says, run. <laughs> because it's got to be something measurable. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? That's pretty good advice. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because some people, man, they might send you an email. It might be who knows when, and they're expecting it back in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> 2 a.m. Haven't heard back from you. 2.15. <laughs> Still haven't heard back. <laughs> Are you committed to this team? Yes. All right. News update. Straight ahead. You'll want to hear this. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jeremy Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, it's going to be interesting to see where this story goes from Project Veritas, David. Yeah, it will be. So Project Veritas, they got a new undercover video. They catfished a guy named Jordan Tristan Walker, who's supposedly an executive at Pfizer. 
Um, seems pretty young to be an, an exec, but you know, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see what else comes out with this. But they're talking about how Pfizer is uh, uh, apparently talking about mutating the virus to create new vaccines for the purpose of research to say, you know, ostensibly it would be to say, well, so we can stay ahead of the curve of any natural mutation that may happen. And make a lot of money. Yes. But here's the undercover, at least the audio part of it. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can create develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, that's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating viruses. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. we're like, do we want to do this? <laughs> so that's, like, one of the things we're considering. It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know. It's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like, there's... It's definitely not gain-of-function. Sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Directed evolution is very different. <laughs> Direct evolution? Directed evolution. Directed evolution. Okay. This guy's hammered. Hey, do we know that for fun? Oh, I don't know, but there's a lot of giggling going on there. Maybe that's yeah. just a flirtatious way. I don't know. Who am I to judge, man? <laughs> yeah, I guess... I guess as the story stands now, and I watched the full report, it's about 10 minutes long, and mm-hmm. I, I was just kind of like, well, yeah, I assumed they were already doing that. I'm pretty sure they are already doing that, and we know that there are labs all over the country that are doing that, um, and we've talked about it, because it is like, well, wait a minute, hold on a second, let's slow down here. Are you creating new strains of this, and are you certain that it won't get out, because that would seem like a pretty bad idea and everybody's got the same story that well we're doing this in order to try to predict what the next strain is going to look like or the next subvariant or whatever so i i kind of it just doesn't feel like the bombshell that i was expecting okay i mean the fact that you have someone actually saying it mm-hmm. i think the perception from a lot of people around the country is this is probably happening we don't know for sure and then you got somebody saying it but i mean i don't know how many people in the country realize we still have money yeah. going to the wuhan lab yeah it's it's insane but, but i mean there are universities that put out press releases saying they're doing this yes so i mean it's not really a secret that anyone would be doing this no, but if you're Joe Blow that just gets up and yeah. goes to work every day, a university releases a sure. press release, you have no idea, which is the way I think they like it. <laughs> you have to end with that evil little laugh. Yeah, he went on to say, <laughs> yeah, we're going to... hands together when he did that? <laughs> he got a very... I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you see... Um, there was an update on Jeremy Renner. Gosh, the actor. I mean, lucky to be alive after the whole, you know, accident with, I guess you'd call it the snowplow. More than anything else, he tried to hop on it and stop it. And it turns out he was trying to to stop it to save his nephew. Yeah, I'm not clear on this one, though. He tried to, he got out and then tried to jump back into the vehicle to stop it. It's kind of crazy, and it's amazing that that didn't come out before now. Wow. But you're skeptical, saying, oh, yeah, this is trying to be a hero story or something, right? Maybe. I don't know what to make of this. Yeah. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David. Oh, biggest story of the day to me is that you've still got uh, Democrats in Congress who say, we need to make it easier for people to cross the border right now. 
I don't understand how you can see the death toll from the last fiscal year at the border of over 850 people. I don't understand how you can see how even cities like New York are saying, okay, we got to do something about this, and then go out there like Cory Booker, AOC, Cory Bush. They were all out there today saying we need to end Title 42, and we need to let more people into the country. Because they don't care about people. Right. They're using those people to further their political aspirations. That's the problem. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, birth rate scare. You got to hear this story from Japan next. <laughs> Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, this is uh, potentially going to be an explosive situation in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, uh, uh, We are being told by some people who have seen this video of an encounter with police officers and a, and a driver uh, is really bad. Uh, it was a fatal encounter with police officers. The five cops involved have now been charged with murder and other charges. Uh, Second-degree murder, uh, to be specific, that's Class A felony punishable by up to 60 years in prison under Tennessee law. So what happened was there was some sort of confrontation with Tyre Nichols, uh, who died three days after this uh, situation with officers during a traffic stop. Now, we have not seen the body cam footage, but they are saying they'll release it uh, either this week or next. And they've almost been, uh, you know, the police chief was out yesterday. A bunch of other officials have been out saying, okay, this is really bad. But, you know, I wish they would be a little bit more forceful in saying, no, we're not handling rioting. Uh, These officers have been charged. The process is playing out as it should. We're not tolerating lawlessness, though. Yeah. I agree with you. They should do that. The other thing is, till we know absolutely everything, I don't I don't know the rest of the story. From everything that I've heard, there's no excuse in this guy dying. Now, as far as he did run from the cops at one point, isn't that the story? Yeah. So they, they there was some sort of it got escalated and then he tried to run. Yeah, so so Nichols, he was shocked, pepper sprayed, and restrained when he was pulled over for a traffic stop near his house. He okay. was coming home from a park where he had taken photos of the sunset. That's according to, uh, again, always have to consider the course that uh, the source. That's Absolutely. Ben Crump, the family attorney. Ben right. Crump is a noted liar, yes. and and basically racial arsonist. Mm-hmm. And so again, well said. I mean, I all indications point to this video being really, really bad. That's what I understand. So I have to wait to see what it looks like, but I do want to just caution people. If it's Ben Crump saying it, he has a tendency to lie. Yes. What? So, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that update. There was also an update uh, on the Paul Pelosi attack that the San Francisco judge has ordered police body cam footage to be released. Yeah, because multiple news outlets had been suing because uh, the court had had them sealed. 
And they're saying, well, wait a minute, hold on a second. Isn't it in the public interest for us to know if this is evidence that you're going to be submitting? What would be the harm in releasing this? And honestly, I, I mean, for the purposes, no matter what uh, comes out of this, the the intent behind keeping it under lock and key is already, I mean, it's already been successful, right? I mean, the whole point was to uh, make it seem like this crazy MAGA bro uh, was sent by Donald Trump to try to kill the Speaker of the House and whatnot. Right. So it doesn't really matter at this point, but I am interested in seeing what's on that video, and that should be coming down it, it seems like almost any minute now. Yeah, they keep saying it. Yeah, it's supposed to be out today. Well, and as we know, the odd thing about it, if we were to believe Miguel Armaguer's report, which I think we all do, that it painted a completely different picture than what we had originally heard with that attack. Because, again, we said this multiple times, if Paul Pelosi was in fear of his life once the cops got there, why didn't he just walk outside and say he's in there? But then he backed up. Wasn't that part of Miguel's report? NBC News learning new details about the moments police arrived. Sources familiar with what unfolded in the Pelosi residence now revealing when officers responded to the high-priority call, they were seemingly unaware they'd been called to the home of the Speaker of the House. Interesting. After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old did not immediately declare an emergency or try to leave his home home, but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. It's unclear if the 82-year-old was already injured or what his mental state was, say sources. <laughs> and that uh, got Miguel yeah, yeah, he, suspended. He's going to be so far away from this story when the video comes out. He's, they're going to put him in Rapid City tomorrow for, <laughs> to, to, for, the, for the weather accuracy of the woolly worm. You'll yeah. be doing a report on that. <laughs> they will not let him yeah. close to this one. You know that. Yeah, I think that's probably yeah. probably true. Um, okay, so that's out there. What else, David? We wanted to say on top of a couple of different things. Yeah, this is actually just really funny to me. The AP style book, this is the, the guide that a lot of newsrooms across America rely on. Oh, yeah, man, they're verbiage. changing terms of things sometimes, right? Yeah, they're crazy. They're, they they put out, like, yeah, you got to say pregnant people and whatnot. <laughs> I mean, they're just, they're nuts. Now, uh, you got to, or you've got to avoid using the term the in front of things to describe them. But listen to the list that they include as examples. So <laughs> what they say is, we recommend avoiding general and often dehumanizing the labels, such as the poor, the mentally ill, the disabled, the college-educated, and the French. Why'd hmm. the French get included in there? I was going to say, what do they do? That, yeah. Instead, use wording such as people with mental illnesses. So from now on, the French will be referred to as people with Frenchness. <laughs> you made that up, right? I made that part up, yes. Okay, man. Well, you never know. Well, I don't know. I, why, why was the French in there? I can't. I mean, I have no idea. Well, it's because woke is a mind virus. Well, yes, that that is obvious. Did you have an answer to that, Scott? No, I was just thinking about all the problems for rock and roll DJs now with the Doobie Brothers. Right. <laughs> People with anything. doobage. Yeah, yes. yeah. The guess who. Yes. <laughs> so it's no longer the who. It's just who. Who. Here's who. 
Who music? Okay, whatever, <laughs> man. Bands that identify as who. who? <laughs> okay, if if I say something to the extent of the French, what do you think? Is there some sort of joke that always goes along with, quote, the French? I, I have no idea what they're after. I just think you're referring to French people. Yes, yeah. that's it. Or the French government. If I was playing yeah. word association, I'd say laundry. <laughs> Back in the old Gavin Newsom days. You know? Yeah, the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, here, this story, spotlighting a different country, Japan. We've talked about Japan's declining birth rate for a long time. This was predicted years ago that they, you know, stayed on the same course. They were going to have massive problems. Okay. So I think it was right, right around 2000. It was predicted that unless things changed, uh, the country could fall below 800,000 births per year by the year 2031. And as the story goes, they were off in their calculations because they dropped to that level eight years early. That's where they're at now. Wow. They're saying if it doesn't turn around soon, they're in deep, deep trouble because there's just not enough people. And you've heard this from really smart people for a while, while many on the left are still saying the whole planet's overpopulated and we need declining birth rates, and that's another reason for abortion. People that really know say, absolutely not. Uh, no, really, we don't have enough people. That's pretty interesting. So the prime minister is warning that it's a now or never moment for Japan. And if it can't turn around... Um, Japanese society will have reached dysfunctional status. Wow. Yes. So they've been trying to encourage people to have more kids, promising cash bonuses, better benefits. They said it is expensive to raise a child in Japan, but they're trying to up the incentives quite a bit. There are a lot of people who think the incentives should be raised in the United States mm -hmm. instead of having incentives of being single. Yeah. Or having kids with multiple other people that you should get something for keeping it together because it's better for society as a whole. Oh, yeah. If you're I'm, just looking at stats. There, there's an argument to be made, at least when it comes, and you wouldn't even necessarily have to just increase spending. You transfer spending over away from certain welfare benefits and uh, food stamps and whatnot from single able-bodied people and apply mm -hmm. that to families. And you say, okay, here you go. We're, we want to help you as much as possible raise a family. Yeah. You like that, Scott? You look a little confused. Well, but. no, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, I think the outcomes would probably improve. Yeah. But, uh, okay, maybe I thought I saw a thought bubble that said, not my money. I've gone through this already. Well, <laughs> I have. and Okay. But somebody should have paid you for being miserable for years. Oh, my gosh. See, that's part of the problem. <laughs> there you go. Are you miserable right now, David? No. I'm tired all the time. Well, that's true. But I'm not miserable. See? Shame on you, Scott. Well, you shouldn't have asked him like that. What's he going to say? Dude, we talk together every day. I know have that. Have you seen and David I, ever I, happier than I, with his family right I now? I say things sometimes to elicit reaction. Okay. I'm the happy clam guy right now, man. <laughs> don't even, David. I'm not. Don't. I'm don't. Not. No, don't, this is, don't, don't do it. He says clam. Too this easy. Is a I'm staying away. This is a difference between boomers and millennials. Which, speaking of, I'm switching gears here. My clam's going to bucket. Okay. I said no. Okay. 
you just stayed away from I want, I said watch word, what you you'd have been said. okay. It's a common. <laughs> if you ask me to unleash the beats, it's going to get ugly. We don't want that. Okay. Now Van Camp is. He's doubled over laughing. <laughs> They're filthy. He's taken. Okay. This is where I'm moving to. Did you see this all over Twitter? It was boomers saying, here's what millennials love saying. Millennials started this by sharing things that boomers love saying. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm videoing this. Or just nuke it when something could be warmed up in a microwave. Right. You know, or sit here, I won't bite. That sounds yeah, Robin-esque. Yeah. I I've never said that in my life, I don't think. Sit here, I won't bite? It, usually with some younger staff member is the way that goes. I just say, don't sit here. And you're like, oh, you can sit over here. It's fine. Away I won't from, bite. Away from me. It's I all right. I never say I won't bite. It's all right, kiddo. I've never said that. You, you like said to kiddo. say kiddo. Yeah. I have said kiddo, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, calling it pot instead of weed. I say weed. Okay. You know me. You've been around me long enough. Honestly, I couldn't remember. I was trying to think. Um, let's see if this works when handing over a credit card. Never say uh, that? Uh, no. Only when my first one got canceled for yeah. some reason. <laughs> yeah, that's when it's desperation time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, see if this, this one works. Oh, my gosh. Trying this one works. <laughs> I'm out of gas. Oh, gosh. Uh, in all my years. That's pretty Robbins-esque. Yeah. Kind of. And then when finding out someone is gay, saying, not that there's anything wrong with that. I don't you, remember. I, you probably quote Seinfeld more than anyone I know. I, oh, I, I do. I'm a fan. Yeah. Now, it, it would be more fun if when doing the other part of the story of the boomers responding with things that millennials love saying. I don't know that David says any of these. Okay. But he, David, you're not the typical millennial no, either. No, he's not. Uh, ditto. Cuteness overload. I never hear that. That's on social media a lot. <laughs> Cuteness overload? Yes. Okay. When you post a picture of your animals or your kids. Got it. Um, booty. Just booty. No, that's I've said booty. Or you must be fun at parties. I've, I've said, said that, that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. That's a go-to for Robbins, definitely. Oh, yeah, always. Yeah. Um, adulting. I don't think I've ever heard Van Camp say adulting unless he was making fun of other millennials or Gen Zers. Yeah, I paid my bills and I figured out how to change a light bulb. Hashtag adulting. Yeah, I paid my bills. That's always my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, you got to pay for that? Oh, goodness gracious. All right. Uh, how about suing a car manufacturer because their cars are too easy to steal? <laughs> One city is doing that. We'll get to it and much more coming up. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, crime has been an issue, especially over the last few years. And if you're looking at some of the cities hit, Vegas, Seattle is in the top ten, if not the top five. Yeah. It's bad. But we've got some answers to some problems of what I understand, David. Yeah, this is a, this is a little bit disappointing, I guess, because uh, the person who is behind this was the, what, first uh, citywide... Republican to win an election in quite some time. 
Okay. Uh, but they've had a problem with car thefts in the city of Seattle, like so many other places. And so what the city attorney, Ann Davison, did was file a lawsuit against two car manufacturers for cutting corners and costs when it comes to, well, making their cars harder to steal. What? In other words, it's it's their fault that car thefts are spiking because, well, they, they, they're just too easy to steal. <laughs> So according to Davison's office, the lawsuit against uh, Kia and Hyundai stems from their failure to install anti-theft technology in some vehicles, which have contributed to an exponential increase in the thefts. <laughs> Incredible. I'm talking about taking the effect and making it the cause, man. I mean, yes. Well, yeah. It's something, man. Now, now what, they, what they say is that there's a, uh, there's a group of people on TikTok who have figured out how to easily steal a few models of Kia and Hyundai cars, and then they share videos of it. It's the Kia Boys online group. (laughs) Um, And and they share it on TikTok. And so to me, if you're going to sue anybody, sue the social media platforms that are hosting this stuff. You would think, right? But also, maybe encourage the city council to crack down on crime. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I know it's crazy. there are parents going after Snapchat because Snapchat knows that fentanyl is being sold on their site. Right. And they want it stopped. They know that they could do something about it. I saw that, too, that they were Man. stealing catalytic converters at a record rate now. Oh yeah, that's been going on for like a couple years. Like, yeah, and there's crazy. been a huge spike in that. Yeah, because of the converter boys online, <laughs> people got really. It was like, no, it's not. That's not what it is. It's guys stealing catalytic converters. Okay, anybody interested what? in some myths today? I am. Like nutrition myths. All right. See if you knew this or not. Let's just ask Scott if he knew this or not. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah. Is it a myth or fact? Fresh fruit is healthier than frozen. That's a fact. That is a myth. Wow, really? Yeah. Sometimes the canned stuff adds sugar, but in general, canned, frozen, dried fruit all have the same nutrients. I'll be it's damned. cheaper. Okay. Um, plant-based milk is not as healthy as cow's milk. I'll say fact. Oh, for two. (laughs) (laughs) How about never give a toddler peanuts? Is that a fact? You should never do that? That's a fact. No, it's not, actually. I thought they get peanut allergies or something. You got to find out. Oh, okay. We need to do more of this for crying out loud ahead. Oh, for three. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so the border crisis continues on well into its now third year uh, with no end in sight. No. Yeah. Uh, but even liberals are getting upset. Well, some are. Yeah. Well, whoever it affects. <laughs> exactly. Right. Say, oh, wait, hey, we can't take this on. Oh, they were good with it before. Yeah. Well, yeah, as long as it's somebody else's state yeah, or somebody else's town. You declare yourself sanctuary city and just 
Forget it. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. But for the mayor of New York City, the the fun is over. Oh yeah, yeah. He he is uh, jumping up and down, saying, "Hey, we got to have our our federal partners work with us, right?" Well, I thought New York City had a brand, Mister Mayor, and I thought that brand involved welcoming people in with open arms. The Statue of Liberty is weeping right now. I believe that to be true. Uh, on MSNBC, though, this was kind of an interesting revelation here. He said the White House can't even tell him who's supposed to be coordinating where illegal immigrants are being dropped off. Wow. Okay, roll it. I was told that we have a an individual that's coordinating the operation. Why don't I know who that is? Uh, it's about having a real decompression strategy, looking at who's coming in and ensuring that it is really uh, burdened by the entire country, not just a few cities. And just the pathway continues to lead to New York. Yeah. Well, we'll figure out logistics I, I, later. I have to okay. tell you, I agree with him. He should know who it is. Yes. We'll figure that out later. We, there's something else we got to figure out first, and you know that. What we must do to address the root causes of migration. It's got to be root causes, man. <laughs> That's what we've heard for a long time. Got to figure that out first. Right. Mr. Mayor, could you please call him? I don't know who to call. <laughs> who am I calling here? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Can I speak with the manager, please? Yes. Yeah. Who, is it Kamala? Should I call her? I don't not know. Today. Nope, not today. <laughs> oh, man. No one knows who's in charge. No. Which leads you to believe maybe no one is. What's, what's funny, That's though, the is answer. There, there's an entire section of the executive branch dedicated to things like this. <laughs> yeah, and and which department is that? That would be the Department of Homeland Security. What? No, <laughs> no, that director Alejandro the Dorcas Mayorkas, he's worried about other things like disinformation. Oh right, yeah. yeah. Remember, he was very focused on disinformation. Mm-hmm. So, as far as the border, as he has said time and time again, the border's secure. Right. Okay, and it has been secure. And it will continue to be secure, I guess. I guess if it was secure a year ago, um, then the border, I know. The border is secure. If that is your definition of secure, I guess it still is, as people pour through. And how many people that were just buried because towns were overrun? What was that stat, David, that you had earlier? Oh, this I'm, is crazy. Yeah, I mean, you have 835 people who died. That's what we know, at least, know of. Uh, trying to cross the border, and like in Maverick County, Texas, the stat was used to finding they were used to finding a one to five dead migrants a year, and uh, last year it was uh, on average thirty a month. Wow, that they were finding. So it is this maddening thing where you're you know just trying to figure out how does this make sense, and if you just come back to well, a lot of people in charge right now believe in their version of Marxism and they want to change the country from the inside. And this is all part of it. That's the only thing that makes sense because you can't take any of these people at their word. They lie constantly, but that's kind of what it is. You want to talk about a disturbing story. It, I'm warning you, man, this is one of those that I hesitate to bring up, but I think it doesn't need to get talked about, talked about. And we mentioned it, uh, briefly last week, and I happened to see a piece uh, on the Federalist, and this was Michael O'Shea. And it starts out this way 
What if you learned a married couple had been arrested for allegations of repeatedly raping their adopted sons and offering them to other nearby pedophiles for the same purpose? Furthermore, these individuals had somehow acquired a lavish suburban mansion despite their modest clerical jobs. It all makes for a shocking and newsworthy story, right? Sure. There's one significant part of the story, though. These alleged predators are two gay men and self-described LGBT activists with a sizable social media footprint. The media silence around this recent real-life story was sadly predictable. Yeah. And this is horrific, what happened to these two elementary-age schoolboys who were already undergoing, as it says in the piece, a disadvantaged start to life after being left in foster care by heroin-addicted parents. So their nightmare got worse in November 2018 when William Dale Zulak and Zachary Jacoby Zulak, uh, the latter, by the way, had previous child rape charges mysteriously dropped, adopted them in the Atlanta area. And as indicated by court records, horrific sexual abuse began as far back as one year later and continued until... The adoptive parents were arrested in July of 2022, oftentimes filmed and then distributing the boys to other pedophiles in the Atlanta area who they had met on the hookup app Grinder. It is so sickening. And they were really held up in high regard in a lot of circles as this sort of beautiful modern family. Yeah. They were all over, you know, social media. The other part of this that I hadn't heard yet, but because of the story, while in custody, the Zulak men have exhibited an unfathomable lack of appreciation for the gravity of their situation. They've complained about the manner of the police raid that resulted in their arrest, the seizure of their home, personal finances, and the quality of prison food. Okay. All right. That's it. Yeah. Warm up the bleachers. So... Yeah, Town Hall, a reporter with Town Hall, uh, did a deep dive into the court records and uh, exposed a lot of what what most media outlets will not do, will not touch, because of, well, the fact that they don't... I mean, really, what, what it comes down to is there are a lot of national media outlets who don't want to share the salacious details in this because they're afraid of being called homophobic. Um, That's cowardly. Uh, of course it is. and yeah, And I've seen some people saying, well, the only reason right-wing media cares is because they're gay. Dude, are you kidding me? If that's a straight couple, I don't that's care. not national news? No. It absolutely is. That's absolutely, lame. that's, really that's national. Like, okay, wait a minute. How'd they get this mansion? How'd they get, like, where'd they get all that money? Why is it that the adoption process was unusually fast for them? Mm-hmm. What connections do they have? And why did nobody notice any red flags ahead of time? One of the kids had to seek medical, had to go to the hospital after being raped. And, I mean, it's, it's brutal. It's, it, the, the details in this are stomach-churning. Um, and, you're, I mean, yes, it, then you hear, you know, the jailhouse tapes that Town Hall got a hold of uh, from a relative of one of theirs who mm-hmm. was like, no, we need to, no, we're not playing this game. I'm going to try to expose these people. Um, and, yeah, we're complaining about the police raid saying, oh, yeah, they gave one of us a black eye. And, oh, they came in with their guns raised like it was a drug den. Like, uh, I, honestly, I, I, I don't think the cops were rough enough with you monsters. No. 
They, they oh, should. Oh, yeah, dude, saying, well, we've got we've to be able to cancel subscription stuff like Disney Plus and Amazon Video. It's auto-hitting our credit card. Do you understand what you did? Yeah. Do you understand why you're there? It's so maddening. And, you know, from this piece, it talked about the New York Post, you know, talked about the story, but it was Town Hall that really did do the deep dive, and hats off to them to do, uh, for doing it because this crap's got to get exposed. Holy smokes, man. That, I mean, and the media is evil for not covering it. it that is, I, I look at those kids though. Holy cow! I mean, how just, do you recover from that? How do you how do you recover from that? How do you ever trust anyone again? No, I mean it. It's it's, it's awful maddening. to think about. Yeah. And these jackasses are worried about Disney Plus and Amazon. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You can't you can't live amongst us. You can't. Moving on. David, you have a story about the BET co-founder? Yeah, uh, the co-founder of BET, the first black billionaire in America, Robert L. Johnson, is somewhat calling out the woke corporations who pledged a bunch of money to the black community back in 2020. Remember that really? year? It was like all this like woke capital was out there, like we're going to try to lift up black entrepreneurs and business owners. Right. And, uh, you know, most of that money, weirdly enough, never actually made it to, to black people trying to start businesses or trying to grow what? their current business. Uh, yeah, it went to stupid activist organizations. That's where it went. Because it was always a scam. Like uh, it always does. So for context here, uh, Johnson was asked whether or not it's currently easier than it has been historically for black entrepreneurs. And he says, well, no, not really. And he explains why. Okay. There's a mindset within the white business community, and to some extent in the country at large, is that this definition of equity and diversity ought to see money flowing, capital flowing into black entrepreneurs for investment and operating startups of business. I, I, I think it's a little bit of a misnomer to say it's easy. It is correct to say people think about it more, but do they do more? That's the problem. Okay, help me out. I don't understand what he's trying to get at. Let's they talk about it. Yeah, a and lot it of raises people, awareness, but there's yeah. no financial backing behind it. A lot of people yap, 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 yap. And then when uh, an entrepreneur, for example, goes to a certain large company and says, hey, would you like to invest in this business? They don't do it. Now, I, I, don't, I don't think that that's because of racism necessarily. I think there are people <laughs> trying to make business decisions but it is rich when you have all of these companies going out there taking the knee for george floyd and whatnot and then they're like yeah we're not really gonna do anything about well, it." well they gave money to black lives matter right. they actually gave cash to them yeah they were just what i either they didn't care they just wanted to be looked at as see we're trying to do something about the problems we don't really care about it but we have to appear that we do so here's the check yeah or they actually thought yeah if we give black lives matter the money it's going to go where it's supposed to be one of the two mm. i always looked at it again as like the 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 blood over the door yeah you know? oh yeah <laughs> it's like yeah, have the angel of death go over this one. Right. That's why all those, remember, this is a black-owned right. business. would be yes. on plywood in all these cities where they were burning them yeah. down. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was like Jerry Maguire out there. I love black people! Please! <laughs> but it never gets to the entrepreneurs. Really? Anybody see that documentary on Black Lives Matter with Candace Owens where all that money went? Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. As predicted. Yes. Um... 
Hey, it's not gain-of-function research that's going on with Pfizer right now. Did you see, hear this story? This is one you got to hear straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, the millennial David Van Camp, and the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. Well, this is a story that's getting a lot of attention today, and it's about Pfizer and Project Veritas. Yeah, Project Veritas, they do a lot of undercover, I guess, what do they call it, guerrilla journalism? Basically, yes. they, they, they catch people in the act, right? And in this one, it's supposedly a, an executive from Pfizer out on a date. That's usually how they do it. It's the old honeypot. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy, his name is Jordan Christian Walker, uh, and he is talking about how they are, uh, I guess, thinking about messing around with the coronavirus to get ahead of any new variants and make a vaccine ready to go on the market. I Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can unbelievably develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, that's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating viruses. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. we're like, do we want to do this? <laughs> so that's, like, one of the things we're considering. It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know. It's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like, there's... It's definitely not getting a punch. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Directed evolution is very different. <laughs> direct evolution? Directed evolution. Directed evolution. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's not getting a function. Directed evolution. You know that. That's, That's the it. weirdest conversation. That's a knee slapper. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Well, and then the conversation goes on. No, a little bit further, because you know who's going to make a whole lot of money from this. Well, I think you know. That would be Pfizer. Yeah. In the end. Okay. Of money. <laughs> All right. We got this second clip rolling. Who knows? I mean, either way, it's going to be a cash cow. COVID will probably be a cash cow for us for a while going forward. Well, yeah. I obviously like it. <laughs> well, he's got the giggles, doesn't he? Huh? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. A little flirty giggle going on. <laughs> <laughs> So it's going to be interesting what comes of this. Yeah, I think so. Pfizer's I, not going to speak to this, are they? I, no. we, do we know this guy? Who is this guy? Right. I, I don't know, man. I, I kind of, I think at the end of the day, and I, I could be wrong, uh, but it, this this feels like it'll sort of fizzle out into a swing and a miss to me. So it won't exactly prove anything. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know what, because again, how much is this guy involved in like lab work and whatnot, and how much is he just trying to like puff himself up in front of a potential boyfriend and whatnot? I mean, yeah, you don't know the answer to any and, of that stuff. And then also, <laughs> there are literally research outfits out there who brag about doing exactly what he's talking about Pfizer doing. They. The idea of sort of getting ahead of any possible variants by testing out this, the evolutionary path of a virus in a laboratory setting. Yeah. Well, and I know that that is getting a lot, as we've said, a lot of attention. Um, you know, the clip that will live on for me for a while, and we had it earlier, was Dr. Burks. She's got a book out. 
but when she admitted last summer. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection, and I think we overplayed the vaccines, and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. It will, but let's... But here's the thing. If you knew that, people were losing their jobs. Yeah. People got it because they didn't want to give it to someone else. If they knew it wouldn't stop the spread, they wouldn't have gotten it. The kids couldn't go to school. I mean, this the whole maddening. chain reaction. These people ought to be drug up in front of Congress as soon as possible. We're hoping so. Oh, and dovetail on something we had earlier. Uh, nutrition myths doctors were sick of hearing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you know that fresh fruit is healthier than frozen. That's not true. That plant-based milk is way healthier than cow's milk. That's not quite true. Never give a toddler peanuts. Not true. Hmm. Might help them avoid uh, allergies. And it's really hard for vegetarians to get enough protein. You can. I prefer not to. I like meat. Yeah, me too. But you can. All right. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, David, if you had to pick one story today, that uh, is the big story, it would be... <laughs> that certainly Outside is, of that dude's laugh. That is blowing up online. That is for sure. It'll be interesting to see where this whole thing goes and where it winds up, if it goes anywhere at all. Um, and to me... I I do think that uh, there's a big story that we have not gotten a chance to talk about yet. Oh, that has to do with the Biden administration's obsession with diversity hiring and not finding people for the right job. And oh. there's a piece of audio that we're going to play. That's oh man, remarkable. I'm getting excited! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> and the Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three of the day, all coming up right here. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, before we get to the Robbins trifecta, his top three stories of the day. News update, David Van Camp. Well, you know how Joe Biden seems to be uh, prioritizing diversity over competence? Yes. In a whole lot of different areas. I mean, obviously, the, the like Exhibit A is the current press secretary, Miss Make-A-Wish, Karine Jean-Pierre. Yes. Uh, well, today they're uh, well, not today, just this week. The Senate is interviewing some of the nominees for federal uh, judiciary appointments. And one of them is a nominee named Charnel uh, Bielkengren. Uh, she is up for a federal post in Washington. And, uh, well, she was asked a question about, well, basic constitutional knowledge by okay. Senator Kennedy of Louisiana. And this is astounding. All right, roll it. Uh, tell, tell me what Article 5 of the Constitution does. Article 5 is not coming to mind at the moment. Okay. How about Article 2? Neither is Article 2. Holy mackerel. Qualified. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, actually, the American Bar Association listed her as qualified. I Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and I, I'm just like, well, okay, it's one thing if you're Joe Blow, you're going on the street, right? And you got the, like, Jimmy Kimmel's old bit back when he was funny and not just a woke scold uh, mm. doing the interviews about basic civics and whatnot. Hey, what is Article 5? Oh, I don't know. This is a person who's supposed to be in the judiciary, man. Yes, yes. I mean, you would want to have some basic working knowledge for the record. Article 5 about the process of amending the Constitution. Article 2 establishes the executive branch. How to elect a president, what that president's job is, etc. Not at the moment. You're not coming to me. Now, you know, uh, ask me yeah. about Article 3. I, I know that one. Okay, I'm just going to ask the question because this might be a stretch, but I, I think it may happen. In the next 24 hours, are we going to hear from the left that any criticism of the story you just brought up oh, yeah. is an example of racism or white supremacy or something about whitey? Oh, uh, sure. Certainly misogyny. Given. Yeah. Misogyny, at least. Yeah. And it was an old white guy who gave her the question. Mm-hmm. Republicans pounce on... <laughs> <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Federal yeah. judicial nominee... For not knowing what the Constitution is, right. So you're uh, you you want to be my mechanic? Okay, tell me what a carburetor is. Yeah. Uh, well, sir, uh, it's not <laughs> yeah. coming to me. What? what How about an alternator? Mm, <laughs> no, again, got me on that one. What is a Qualified. car? <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes! All right, man, you ready for your top yeah, three? Let's go. let's go. The Scott Robbins trifecta. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins top three today, helped by his hero in life. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, buddy. Finally. <sighs> I like he was in another studio when he said that. <laughs> Apparently, he's been waiting for a while. I think he got his time off. Yes. Okay, but he's ready. I'm ready. Of course. Three. Okay. Uh, Number three, you're telling me CNN dropped a huge bombshell in Biden's document hoarding scandal. Well, this is kind of interesting because at CNN, the uh, news broke that the documents classified and been discovered in both Joe's office and uh, the Biden Center and, of course, in his garage. Mm -hmm. Now, the White House and Biden have made repeated statements about their full cooperation with the Justice Department and National Archives in a blatant effort to differentiate this case from the one that Orange Man Bad had in possession classified documents. All of that? Well, it was a lie. According to a new report from CNN of all places, Joe Biden wasn't originally willing to consent to have the Justice Department search his home. Well, I don't think I want to do that. Only after he agreed to it, after the Justice Department indicated that they would seek a warrant if necessary. Mm. Hey, Joe, got a warrant here. <laughs> okay. So his team stresses that it was cooperative in the lead up to the search, even expressed an eagerness to search. Uh, for its part, the Justice Department has decided it would conduct the latest search and any subsequent searches after that. But this is not something Joe and his team opened with welcome arms. They didn't say, yes, we want to be transparent. Not like Orange Man. They didn't want anything to do with it. Well, no. But they still say that they did. Oh, We've been always cooperative and upfront. Transparent. Front. They, have, they have a search warrant to get Trump stuff. That's right. 
Unreal. We're getting closer and yeah. closer to number one. We've got Robbins trifecta top three of the day. Two. Yeah, Rady. So I'll, I'll just set this up this way. M&M's found itself in this weird controversy because they were going to have all-female spokes candies or whatever, and then people were mocking them and saying, oh, this is stupid. And then they said, I know how we're going to reach the kids. Our new spokesperson is Maya Rudolph. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's weird. And so A&W, you're telling me, did a, a nice little troll of this. They did. Uh, I haven't thought of A&W Root Beer for a long time, by the way. I haven't been to A&W Root Beer for a long time. But I want to go there now. If you recall, the original from M&M's was, America, let's talk. In this last year, we've made some changes to our beloved spokes candies. In essence, what they did was they said, well, we found it very polarizing that we took the shoes off the girl, the high, the high heels, and put on sneakers, right? Right, because There's, it was sexist before right, some nonsense. Right. Right, Therefore, right, right. we have decided to take an indefinite pause for these spokes candies. In their place, we are proud to introduce a spokesperson America can agree upon, the beloved Maya Rudolph. We're confident Miss Rudolph will champion the power of fun to create a world where everyone feels they belong. Q&W, who released this message. America, let's talk. Since 1963, Rudy the Great Root Bear has been our beloved spokesbear. We knew people would notice because he's literally a six-foot-tall bear wearing an orange sweater. But now we get it. Even a mascot's lack of pants can be polarizing. <laughs> Therefore... We have decided that Rudy will wear jeans going forward. Not to worry, though. He'll remain our official spokesbear. After all, he is unbearably cute and impossibly to replace. We are confident that Rudy will continue to champion good food, good times for many years to come. Now in denim. You like that? I like that. I want to go by A&W tonight and get some food. Now on with a countdown. I just have to find one. I don't the Scott Robbins trifecta, yes. top three of the day. Before we do get to number one, yeah. you know, as we were talking about the differences earlier in the show of millennials and boomers and sometimes sense of humor, I'm guessing, David, that that story tickled Scott more than you. Probably a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's well, what I was saying. I don't run it by him first then, right? Right. Well, I mean, look, it's his bit. I, he doesn't I have to impress me. I was just sitting here and I was watching the reactions and I'm like, see, this is a very good example of the difference of sense of humor because it was cracking you up. It's cracked you up for a couple of days, Scott. Mm -hmm. They should that's have good. put they should have put the bear in high heels. <laughs> see, that's pretty good. That's edgy. Got that yeah. right. Well, now you, you don't like the story anymore. Bit. No, that would have been fine. <laughs> Go ahead. All right, all the way up to number one. All right, I am interested in this one. Uh, Disney says that zippity doodah is racist. Yeah, I mean, I get the whole ridiculous hyper vocification of Disney. I get it. I mean, it's been going on for a long time now. But they have retired the song zippity doodah because of wokeness. Why's the song that? appeared in Song of the South, which is the classic Disney movie. If you recall, Song of the South does hold a positive message for kids and adults. Mix of live action, animation. Um, it can be a little slow for kids, but you get the messages that are being taught within it. The song? The song and the movie itself. Okay. But it's been deemed as racist, and then Zippity Doodah has been removed from the playlist at Disney. All right. I don't know if this has anything to do with the 50% devaluation of Disney stock within the last 12 months, <laughs> but maybe. 
I don't even know the lyrics. I know the the rhythm. My oh my, what a wonderful day. Keep going. Can you keep Plenty it going? Of sunshine. Heading my way. Heading my way. <laughs> Zippity doo dah. You know it then, David. Yeah. All right, keep going then, guys. Just all I'm asking is 15 That's seconds. That's all I know. Mr. Bluebird at your window. I don't remember the rest. Boy, if you can, man. We have gold. We have radio gold, if you can keep that going. I couldn't keep it going any longer. It's been a while since I've okay. seen Song of the South. Well, good job on that. I do appreciate it. And there oh, you have it. it. sucks. I, I... No, it doesn't. Okay. I enjoyed it. All right. Honestly, I... And then I'm like, I don't even know the words to it. And then I was wondering, okay, do they have a problem with the actual song or just because it was in that movie? Didn't Uncle Remus sing it? The character? I, n- I don't even I know the movie. Yeah. I've never I'm seen the movie. I'm not a racist like you, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. We were just not a big Disney family growing up. There are a lot of those shows that I never saw, and people will ask, well, sh- certainly you saw this, and I'm like, I never saw it. Yeah. Partly because my brother and sister were also older, and I think maybe they were too old for some of those shows. Mm-hmm. So I just wasn't all that familiar. That's all. It seems like a fine song to me. It's not um, even about the song. Okay. But their problem was with the actual. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, they shut the ride down. Yeah, Splash no. Mountain is gone. It's gone completely. There were people actually selling water from Splash Mountain on eBay. What? For oh, real? Yeah, yeah. That's no joke. Man, this is such I, a part of my childhood. And I want a part of it. Uh, yeah, and so they were buying like bags of water from Splash Mountain you know, on man, eBay. The, D- Disney adults creep me out. Like it's, it's one thing if you if you go to Disney because you're taking your kids. I've never yeah. been to Disney World or Disneyland, and I I don't have an interest in going. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one thing if you're there with your kids because yeah. they want to go. But like mm-hmm. the the adults who make pilgrimages there, they go to hang out by themselves. Like y'all need. Okay, I think I you have know. a bigger problem with it than me. Because I know of some people that it reminds them of their childhood. Yeah. And so their spouse maybe never went. And it's like, I want you to experience a part of my childhood. And then they go together and they have a great time. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that. It's not on, my thing, but I don't think it's A lot that of people crazy. go on their honeymoons to Disney. They do. They honeymoon in Disney. That's weird to me, man. Have you ever been? No, I said I'd, I'd never gone. Okay, I was, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Well, you may change your mind. Then again, you may not. Oh, you have to. My daughter was five when I went. Yeah. yeah. Would you go back now? If I had a granddaughter or something that wanted to go, sure. What if it was a lady that you were very interested in? She want to go to Disney? There's yeah. worse places to go. So you'd go? Yeah, I don't have any problem going again. That okay. was the deal. Right. I mean, I'm not wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt, but. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we can't get the ears on you? No. You sure? Okay. Just checking. All right, we got to get to another news update. A lot happening this afternoon or this morning. And Nimrods of the News coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Uh, well, we have Eric Garland and the FBI chief, uh, Christopher Wray, uh, who were peppered with questions today on the classified documents scandal that's going on. You got Mike Pence. You got mm-hmm. Joe Biden. Yeah. You got Donald Trump. 
And they're all very serious about getting to the bottom of this. Of course, Merrick Garland, I don't have the audio in front of me, but Merrick Garland was saying, I can't um, speak to the specifics of the individual cases because I'm... Right. Yeah. Okay. Do you still think it is the Democratic Party, the powers that be, the Democratic brokers are in on this to send Joe the message, or have you gone away from that theory? I think it could be, but I I don't know. My headspace has always been more leaning towards influenced, perhaps, by Democratic officials, but more about the bureaucracy trying to establish dominance over elected officials, which is honestly more terrifying. I think they want to damage him enough that he he doesn't even think about running. Like, he doesn't announce it. I can't imagine that the FBI wants all the Hunter Biden laptop no. stuff to come out because they had it in their possession April 2019, yeah. and they knew what was in it. Yeah. And I mean, you're hearing about the dealings with China, Ukraine, Russia, and all that money getting piped to Biden. When they know that, and then they are you know, spending money on Twitter to suppress that message before an election they can't want that out there no so who knows but we'll see how it all plays out it's an interesting story today because you know for a lot of us COVID has been gone for a while yeah some might have to deal with you know something here or there but supply chain stuff is still in play so much that some home buyers are actually when they're buying a house talking to the people that are selling the home hey do you want to keep your furniture there we're interested in buying the furniture. Oh, yeah. Or if you have a finished basement. You got a pool table there? How much to keep it there? Mm-hmm. All these different things because it takes so long to get everything. Yeah. And it seems like if you were selling a home, that would be kind of cool because you could get all new stuff, but then you're running into the same yeah. problem. I think it depends. You know, if, Certainly, if you're an empty nester and you're downsizing, maybe you're getting a condo or moving into yeah. an apartment. That's a great opportunity to make a little bit of cash at a time when home prices are already inflated. Yeah. Would I think bad. if you're combining households, it's like maybe you're marrying a woman who has a lot of furniture and you got a lot of furniture and you're going to combine them. Yeah. Maybe to leave it as is is, I mean, yeah. you get a little money out of well, it rather than move it. Oh, well, the woman it likes Storage that. or whatever. Because your futon from college is not moving into her house. Right. Well... It can neither, stay. neither your Funko Pops or your <laughs> Sammy Sosa cardboard cutouts or any of that stuff. No, they're all moving with me wherever I go. <laughs> all right, lying get... in the sand there. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. Well... Let's start in Jersey. Um, This is kind of crazy. A 29-year-old woman enrolled as a student in a Jersey high school claiming to be 15. She was there for four days before they found out. It took four days. And then she was arrested. They're still trying to figure out, other than something mental, why she did it. Maybe she just figured, hey, I identify as 15. (laughs) You can make whatever reality you want. What's the big deal? Yeah, that's true. Um, this also troubling. Um, in North Carolina, police are warning the public after finding razor blades on gas station pump handles. Oh, oh come dude. on, man. Come on. 
Boy, there's some things I don't see coming know, that well, set you, you go off. Up to get the gas. Oh, jeez. Well, the every time you the back of the head. Every time you pump gas. Oh yeah. We got less than ten years to live. You know that. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. If you plugged in a cart, wouldn't happen. And that's Nimrod's in the news.